So last week we started on uh, Genesis chapter 24. Uh, we started off talking about the uh, servant and took an oath and how important and reverent it was. Uh, we learned what it meant to place the hand in her thigh and all that in regards to those. So now we'll discuss the journey of the servant. But one of the verses that I wanted to bring up last week that apparently I forgot to write down or whatever, but it, it made a good statement, was Proverbs 27, 18. It says, Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. So he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. As in water, face answers to face, so the heart of man to man. So, you know, we're kind of, what is he talking about? So in water, face to face, it answers each other. So what is it? What is he talking about? He's talking about how you need to reflect what your master wants you to reflect. So the question is for us, are we reflecting what God wants us to reflect? And it was the same thing with the servant in Abraham. He wants to have that reflection of what his master was. So that's why he sent the servant out. Now, since I looked that up, I'm going to get back over here to chapter 24. So we'll probably go through this pretty quick. It's a lot of verses, but uh, you'll see that it kind of repeats itself in the chapter a little bit. So y'all just bear with me. So we'll start off with 10. And the servant took 10 camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God, my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall, she, she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. So the servant took off, headed towards uh, towards Iran, and, you know, he's taking all the goodies. He's got the pin camels. He's got some of the fine jewelry and stuff like that. He took all of this as a rep representation of the worth of his master, not only in riches, but in stature. You know, you can take off, the servant can take off and show a bunch of money, but there's an importance in the stature of what he represents. So he takes these uh, things to be a representation. The servant will not accomplish much unless he has something worthwhile to offer. And that goes for us too. We won't, we, won't, um, we won't accomplish much unless we've got something to offer. Uh, why would a woman leave all that she has known for something that is unknown unless there was an offering? Some type of assurance must be made that what she was about to gain was way better than what she was leaving behind. So if the servant has got to show who he's coming to that here. What I've got is better than what you've got. Come with me and let's um, accomplish what God wants us to get accomplished. If I could get Preacher Bill to get Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 and hold your spot there. And Tony, if you'll get Psalms 32, 8. 
So when he gets to the well, he has his camels lie down to rest, and he immediately calls upon the Lord. Now, the servant is asking God to have favor on his master, but uh, he, does, he does not know whether God will fulfill his prayer, but, he, but in faith he prays. It's what we should do. In faith, we should pray. Not just praying to say, hey, God, if you can do this. No, you've got to have faith believing that it's going to happen. So we've got to have faith when we pray. In his prayer, he is acknowledging God. He recognizes that he cannot do this alone, and he needs God's favor. You can read Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So the question for us should always be, are we acknowledging God in everything that we do? The servant did. He acknowledged God right as soon as he got there. As soon as we're in a trial or getting ready to do something, are we acknowledging God when we walk straight in? And we just got to figure that out. Are we giving it all to him and letting him be our guide instead of us trying to do it by ourselves? How often have we tried to do it by ourselves? How often have we said, I've got this, and we fall flat on our face? Mm -hmm. We fall just flat on our face instead of just letting him have it. Why is it that we always want to control what we can't? We must all learn to give it to him and just listen to what he would have us do. Are we listening to God? Are we trying to do it our way, trying to do it the way we think we should, or should we just let go and let God, like the old saying says? Tony, can you give me Psalms 32 eight? I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eyes. He's going to instruct us in every way that we need to go if we'll take the time to listen. He will guide us in what we need to do. And that's what the servant's looking for. He's looking for guides. He's looking for what Abraham, you know, what Abraham asked him to get fulfilled. So are we doing that is a good question. So we'll look from 15 to 22. So I'll just bear with me here. And it came to pass before he had done speaking that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon his shoulder. Now, am I saying this right, that she is the great niece of Abraham, right? Okay. When it, when it starts going to the son of this, the brother of that, I mean, you start making sure I'm getting this right in there. <clears throat> and the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again into the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So when it says to wit, it's just to know. It's to know whether his journey was prosperous or not. And it came to pass as the camels had done drinking that the man took a golden earring and half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of 10 shekel weights of gold. 
So we look at verse 15 through 22. It's kind of, it's about Rebecca. It's about Rebecca being a servant to a servant. Kind of strange to say that, being a servant to a servant. But the thing is, is are we being servants to servants like we should be? She could easily have met her own needs at the well, took off, and went on back to the house. But she instead put others first before satisfying her own desires. She, she was, you know, when, she, when somebody does that, you look more fairly at home. They're willing to give. They're willing to sacrifice their own needs for the needs of others. So she was willing to do that. And notice how she was rewarded. Of course, she talked about the golden earring, the two golden bracelets, 10 shekel weight of gold, almost like a bride being dressed for a wedding, getting it prepared. So, Tammy, can you get Matthew 10, 40 through 42? And we'll get that here in just a second. So we'll go on to verse 23 through 33. And said... Whose daughter art thou, tell me, I pray thee? Is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nabal. <clears throat> she said, moreover unto him, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. So, that, so they've got everything ready. They've, you can tell that these folks were well to do also. They had plenty. It wasn't like they was starving to death. They had more than enough to give to people visiting, so they was ready to go. And the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. And Rebekah had a brother, and his name was Laban. And Laban ran out to the man unto the well. And it came to pass, when he saw the earring and bracelets upon his sister's hands, and when he had heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me. And he came unto the man, and behold, he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without? For I have prepared the house and room for the camels. And the man came into the house, and he ungirded his camels, and gave straw and provender for the camels, and water to wash his feet, and the men's feet that were with him. And there they sat, meat before him to eat. But he said, I will not eat until I have told my errand. And he said, Speak on. So we talked about, you know, this was a household accepting somebody in. It was a household who was providing for, you know, folks, visitors, whatever you want to say. So they had plenty. And Tammy, I'll get you to read 43, 42. Chapter 10. Yeah. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth the prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of the Notice the two of the main themes there, give and receive. 
give and receive. If you give in God's name, you're going to receive back. You're going to receive back. Blessings will come to those that accept God's servant in their house and offers them meeting. Guess what? You can't God. It's not possible. It's not possible. Notice in verse 33 that the servant would not eat until his master's business was done. He could have easily sat down and rested, but he was more concerned about serving the needs of his masters than serving the needs of his own. How important of a statement is that? That he's more he's more worried about serving the master's needs than his own. And what should we be doing? We should be worried more about serving the master's needs than our own. So we'll go on in verse 34 through 48. This is kind of a repeat of the beginning of the chapter. And yeah, we can read that. So, and he said, I am Abraham's servant, and the Lord hath blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he hath given him flocks and herds and silver and gold, and men servants and maid servants and camels and asses. And Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old, and unto him hath he given all that he had. And my master made me swear, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife to my son of the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I dwell. But thou shalt go into my father's house and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son. And I said unto my master, Peradventure, the woman will not follow me. And he said unto me, The Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way. And thou shalt take a wife for my son of my kindred and of my father's house. Then shalt thou be clear from this oath when thou comest to my kindred. And if they give not thee one, thou shalt be clear from my oath. And I came this day unto the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if now thou do prosper my way, which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin cometh forth to draw water, and I say to her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher to drink. And she said to me, Both drink thou, and I will also draw for thy camels. Let the same be the woman whom the Lord God, who the Lord had, had pointed out, for my master's son. So like I said, it's just a repeat of what they was talking about earlier. Uh, I'm not sure the reason for the second description. I did not find a reason why they repeated in here other than to let, let them know of the house that he was at, of their journey and why he had come. So <clears throat> going on 49 through 67, and we'll kind of stop at a few little points here. And now, if thou wilt deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing proceedeth from the Lord, we cannot speak unto thee, bad or good. So looking at verse 50, this is where the marriage negotiations begin. So back then, you know, marriages were kind of like an arrangement, a deal. There had to be dowry made, which will be made mentioned here in just a second. The negotiation started, you know, Laban, her brother, started talking to daddy, the fool. Yeah, the fool, which is her father, too. So they started working out the negotiations of what was going on. So behold, Rebecca is before thee. Take her and go and let her be the, thy master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshiped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. 
Notice he's thankful. He's thankful immediately. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment and gave them to Rebekah. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. So that's where the dowry has been paid. So he's paid his dowry for Rebekah to come back and be with Isaac. So going home. And they did eat and drink, he and the men that were with him and tarried all night. And they rose up in the morning and he said, send me away to my master. And her brother and her mother said, let the damsel abide with us a few days, at, at least 10. After that, she shall go. So what's the problem of him letting her wait 10 days? What would be the problem for her waiting 10 days? Maybe a change of the mind? You know, you, you, you don't want to put off a decision that needs to be made. What happens to the sinner out there who says, I'll do it tomorrow? What can happen in that one day? One day, one hour, one minute can make the difference in all the world instead of putting it off. It is so very important that when a decision is made, you act on that decision. <clears throat> and he said unto them, hinder me not, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way, send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, we will call the damsel, inquire at her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. I will go. That's something we all need to say when God calls us, I will go. And they sent away Rebekah, her sister, and her nurses, and Abraham's servant, and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said unto her, Thou art our sister, be thou the mother of thousands of millions, and let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate thee. And Rebekah arose and her damsels, and they rode upon camels and followed them. the man, and the servant took Rebekah and went his way. And Isaac came from the way of the well, Lahiroi, for he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. So, we, you know, we understand that lighted off the camel is just really just talking about getting off the camel, but why? Why is it important? So notice she jumps off the camel when she sees uh, Isaac walking her way. Back then, it would have been considered an insult for someone of inferior rank to stay seated when someone came to them. And this is no different for women either. It was considered bad. If you was riding a, cam or a camel, a horse, whatever back in this day, and say a general of an army or whatever, and you was a private, you better get off. You better get off because you don't need to be esteemed higher than somebody who's down low. So that's why she got off the camel. It wasn't necessarily to necessarily go out there and run and hug Isaac. It was all about showing respect initially when you first when you first go on. So that's the purpose of her lighting off the camera. For she had said unto the servant, what man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, it is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered, it, covered herself. So she took the veil and covered her face. That was 
what you done back then. That's what the ladies done. But they was, uh, it's not just about tradition, but there's also other stories. This was normal for women to dress, you know, that way back then. But the veil also signifies subjection to whom she would be married. It's not about trying to hide necessarily the beauty as far as that goes, but it was about signifying subjection. All but the eyes would be covered, so anyone looking at the couple when they was together would focus more on the husband than the wife. So you're not looking for Terry, you're wanting to pay attention to Glenn, because Glenn should be the man of the house, Glenn should be the one who you first, first throw respect to. It's not that you're disrespecting the wife, but that's where the respect should first go to. And Glenn's loving every second of this. <laughs> I about got an amen on Wednesday night. <laughs> you, want, you want to kind of cover yourself up there? <laughs> The servant told Isaac all things that, that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother's Sarah's tent and took Rebecca, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So, you know, some may think that, you know, the wording's kind of strange that he talked about bringing, uh, take her into his mother's tent, but you got to look. We didn't get to see what happened in 23, which we're going to, but Sarah's already dead. Sarah's been dead nearly three years when this happened. Um, he had never got over the grief of losing his mom, Sarah. And when Rebecca comes and they make a couple, it eases his grief. And it kind of solidifies the marriage. So, you know, talking about this, we talked about the oath, like I said, last Wednesday. And we talked about everything that took place. But let's kind of look at this story in a little bit different context, a little bit different character, situation, whatever you want to say. So let me ask you this. What if you put yourself in the role of the servant? Put yourself in the role of the servant in here. You're the one that's going out doing the will of Abraham. So let's switch Abraham for God. So what is the servant doing? The servant God. So what if you switched Isaac for Jesus? What's you going to have? Would the story play out the same as your Christian life should? Are you doing the bidding of God, going out into the world and looking for the bride of Christ? Like you should be. Should you? Should you be doing that? Yes, you should. Make sure you conduct yourself in a manner just like the servant did that would be pleasing to him, showing a future bride what they could attain, such as eternal life in heaven, if they come to Jesus. If you put yourself in those situations and go all the way back to the very beginning of the chapter, I guess we've got to ask ourselves, have you taken that oath with God, with God that you will, to the best of your abilities, bring others to Christ? Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody's got any comments they want to add to this. I know, uh, and I've talked about this before, New Year's Eve, about midnight, year 2000. You know, everybody's predicting the world's going to shut down. Computers will crash. And my daughter's band was in 
Pasadena, California. They were marching roses. And I remember I got on my knee outside my hotel. And I asked God before I went to heaven, let me be the thousand years old. And occasionally I would do something, but it wasn't mobile. Uh, a pastor in his congregation occasionally have someone come prosper. Basically, he's in, in the God's precious and that's a great, great, awesome call. But remember when the police officer in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and I had been instrumental leading his mom and dad Christ, baptizing them. Jason, his wife, and children were in the church while I was pastoring his brothers and their families in the church I pastored. I went through the wedding. I'm not sure. And it was live on Channel 7. That first band of Spartanburg holds about 1,400 people in the sanctuary. It was full of basically police officers from all over. And there's Gal Bob. And I remember what Brother Tony said when I came back. And I, I Brother Tony and I have the same point of view on funerals. You hear people, I look at a funeral as a free full opportunity. Free sheets. Minister to the family, and you try to reach the laws. And Brother Tony and I agree. I, I believe in giving people a funeral an opportunity to pray to see Jesus. So if you have people, you don't let them in church another time or at funeral. You have people who are open to gospel at funeral, you'll never be there again. And I believe in the sinner's prayer. Plus, it was on live Channel 7 television. And what the time said, we come that way. That might have been the time God let me reach my house. You could be. This year, I've asked him to let me be 25. How am I going to do that? I don't know because we can't visit. But God knows. Uh, I thought about using the telephone, getting an old fort directed to us, and just start calling the old fort number. You tell them, you know, you got we're going to pass it to And then segue into sharing, you come in the back door, well, yeah, but you, you've got to, you've got to, you can't just go on with guns blazing. You've got to talk about all your needs, we'll pray for it, and we will, we will. But I want to know, you know, Jesus. And I thought that that might be the way this year I can reach 25 people with Jesus using the And using an old word. Which I don't have. I'm not yet. Uh, you know, we're not helping. I know. I know. Everybody might go to another church. We're not in competition with any church in We're in cooperation. We're advancing. But I, that's my heart's desire. If, if you have the passion to reach people, Become a member of the bride of promise. God will open doors. And we're going to need what doors are open. Go back to the police officer who was a Morgan believer, who got him a lot of people, who loved Jesus. And uh, 
like Abraham sent his servant out to grow his family to be a, you know, to find a wife for Isaac so his family could grow. God sent each and every one of us out so his family could grow. It's, you know, not everybody's going to be the person who talks to somebody and witnesses to somebody, but everybody can grow. Mm -hmm. every, you know, there's a few of us uh, that can't sing worth the but we can sing. We can make a joyful noise, we can pray, we can do whatever needs to be done. We can just do it time deep. Chopping a piece of wood and taking a piece of wood to somebody. Doesn't matter what it is, as long as you're doing it in God's name and doing it by his will instead of your own. I don't think there's a person here that's went out there and cut wood that's done for their own glory. Has nothing to do with their own will. It's all about helping somebody else out. We shouldn't be doing anything for our own glory at all. It's all about God. It's all about serving the master. Anybody else got it? Father, this has been so rich. Last week, this week, journeying through Genesis, understanding tradition, understanding commitments, understanding desires, understanding, Father, what it means to be saved. Then, Father, I thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you for everyone here tonight. Father, I thank you for the fact that I truly believe we have a certain time. Father, we want to see our precious people back in the house of God. We respect people's concerns. Uh, they've got a right to be concerned. People are dying of COVID. I, I understand that. I think family members died of COVID. And a good friend died of COVID. Another good friend died of COVID. Father, I praise God we're going to live forever. Eternal kingdom of God. Because you live and live. Father, I pray that this difficult time, and it, it, it is a difficult time, not just for you, hope it's a difficult what I'm reading every church every it's a difficult time in attendance, sometimes in finances, sometimes not in finances. Father, it's It's a time of divine. It's a time when people's hearts are absolutely tender by and large the gospel of Jesus. And I thank you, Father. That's our commitment as the body of Christ and as we go back. We're to give that new birth as only found in Christ. The loss and dying. The Holy Spirit fill us. Thank you for Chad's teaching. Thank you, Brother Tony's teaching. Father, thank you for the privilege of us walking through the beginning so that we can understand the end. 
And that for us, the biggest by far, is it. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.